I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have guest host Sarah Stevens. Sarah is a good friend of mine, and she's a comedian in Atlanta, and she's agreed to hop on and help us see what's going on in this ghost story. Fair to say you're skeptical? Yeah, I want to believe. I just, I haven't had any experiences, and I always try to look for, like, the logical explanation for why things happen. Uh, that's where logic will get you every time. You just got to throw it to faith. No, I'm the same way. Logic, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm At this point, I after doing all these episodes, I'm probably closer to like a six or seven, which is kind of crazy because when we started, I was probably at about a two. But we've had so many awesome guests like the one we have on today. Our guest today, I read her story on Reddit and I really wanted to bring it to our audience. Our guest today is Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, as good as one can do in these crazy, crazy times. So Jamie, on a scale one to 10, one being you don't believe in ghosts at all, 10 being ghosts are totally real. I absolutely believe in them. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Well, I'm going to say before I had my experience, I was probably similar, like a three or four, you know, I couldn't disprove it, but I couldn't prove it. And, you know, I was like open after my experience. I'm, I'm definitely a 10. There's like no way. And wow. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler audience. I have read her story and it's pretty scary. And I think if it happened to me, I'd probably be a 10 too, but it didn't. So that's why we're here to talk about it. So I'm from New Jersey originally. And you know, we used to go into the city and I'd never heard of Roosevelt Island until I got like um, sequestered there, we'll say. College, freshman year. It's um, it's a very desolate island. Now, this was back in 1999. So it wasn't as built up as it is today. Um, and what it is, is if you've ever seen Spider-Man, um, if you know that scene where he's on the tram car and he goes to the abandoned asylum, that is Roosevelt Island. 
That is that asylum. They filmed it there. Um, And it's like a landmark, so they can't take that down. But from what I understand and what I learned as I lived there is that it was an island that was used for um, like uh, smallpox patients and insane asylums. It was at one point there was some prisons on there for like lunacy. Um, I read uh, in a update to this because I was like getting more curious uh, that Nellie Bly wrote her memoir about being in an asylum at that insane asylum that was right next to our buildings oh wow so that was kind of like whoa I, I never heard about that it had his creepy history on a lighter note grandpa munster from the munsters used to live there and i used to see him every day so that was kind of weird you wait um, you used to see him every day <laughs> yeah the actor that played grandpa munster he's so, like there's this little free bus and it would like go back and forth or i think it's cost a quarter actually now i think it's free but like it would take you down up and down the island. And then you're looking at Manhattan on one side and Queens on the other. I want to say he had like a straw hat on. When he's not in character, he wears straw hats. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I saw a documentary about Roosevelt Island where it talked about, like you said, it was an asylum, right? And I, I feel mm-hmm. like they went in and filmed like a bunch of super creepy stuff inside of it. Well, when we were living there um, at that time, there was there was an asylum that was sort of, I found out later that was a smallpox hospital and it was sort of abandoned. So kids would go in there from like college, you know, and just like, you know, do what kids, college kids do, you know, and get into some shenanigans. They were like, no, no, it's totally like it was before. And then there was like an octagon hospital, which is the insane asylum that was next to us. And it actually had a fire like the first week I was at school and like it all burned inside. So then I don't know. Was it abandoned before it burned down? Or it was, it was abandoned. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow. High drama. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a fire like my first week of school and we could see it from that apartment, like across the way. And, um, you know, after it was burned out, we would kind of try and dare each other to go in and see what was going on and whatever. And now it's, um, fun fact, super fancy apartments. And I'm like, I don't know how you live there. They preserve the octagon part. And that's like the middle hallway of the oh, wow. um, connections for all the apartments. Cause they've really built Roosevelt Island up now. Like that asylum that I was telling you about at the other end of the island, that's not there anymore. The only one is the creepy abandoned Spider-Man one. And that's cause mm. it's like a historical landmark. Where on Roosevelt Island did you have your experience? So I lived in the apartment buildings near the Octagon Hospital. And that would be at the north end of the island. It's only about, I want to say it's only a mile or so long. So this was my sophomore year. I'd only lived on Roosevelt Island for freshman year for a couple weeks. And then I transferred to a different dorm. I was in an apartment that faced Manhattan, which was it's pretty swanky. I'm not gonna lie. I would kill for that like balcony right now. I don't even know how much that apartment was worth. You don't have that um, in um, Spokane, Washington. <laughs> I do not. Although my four-year-old seems to think downtown is New York City. Oh. Yeah, she doesn't know. We moved in with. It was one of my good friends and. Uh, another girl that we'd hardly knew because our fourth roommate that we had had, we had three friends and we were supposed to have a fourth and she dropped out of college. So we got stuck with this girl that um, we didn't really know. So that's just a little preface. So me and my good friend, we'll call her D lived in the big bedroom. And then uh, the other two girls lived in the other bedroom with the balcony and they were rarely home because they both had like boyfriends at the time. So it was really me and D that were home all the time just right away, like the first time we moved into the apartment, it never felt like you were alone. It just always felt like somebody was there with you. And I remember probably the first month of school, I was like doing some art project and I was the only one home and I was standing there at the wall and I just felt like somebody was right behind me, like just standing right behind me the whole time, like lingering, like over my shoulder. 
And I'm like, all right, you know, you're just a little, I'm not afraid of being home alone. This is not who I am. I'm like, yes, I have free time. But this was different. It was just something was freaking me out. So this continued on for a little while. And then um, people would come over and hang out and sleep over and things like that. So I guess that brings us to like October. And it was around Halloween. And we all started to just like sit around telling ghost stories and stupid things. And one of my friends swears that she feels and sees ghosts. She's said that before she has like a spirit of an old man that would sit on her, the end of her bed. And so she just gets these feelings. So that's how it sort of organically turned into this ghost conversation. I guess I should back up because right before this, Dee and I, we were in the same class. It was like a model making class and our apartment was small. So we took turns doing our project. One night she was sleeping and I was doing my project. I finished it up and then it was like shift change. And then uh, I went into the bedroom and she was out in the living room and we were the only ones home. So I went into my bed and I was reading a book and then all of a sudden I felt like somebody was behind me. So I just assumed it was her and I turned around and no one was there. Okay, so I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. So I settle in again, I start reading. A shadow comes on my book. I feel like she's behind me. I turn around and she's not there. Okay, so I'm like, now I'm moving my blankets. I'm like, where's my head? Moving the lamp, you know, doing all the, the logical things. I go back to reading and lo and behold, it happens yet again. And at this time I'm like, okay, I pull the covers over my head and just like turn off the light. And I'm like, I'll just go to sleep. Like nobody could get me through this duvet, you know? And you're like, okay, I'm like 20 years old. Am I, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. Like I'm a child here, afraid of ghosts, you know, fast forward again to Halloween. We're all sitting around talking about our stories. My roommate says, well, I had a freaky thing happen to me. And she's like, one night, uh, Jamie and I had our projects to do and she was in the other room and I was sitting here doing my project and she's like and I just felt like she was behind me and I looked and she wasn't there I'm like I had never told her this like I didn't tell anybody this story because I was like oh yeah you know whatever you're 20 and you're afraid of ghosts so she continues her story and she says and then I, I heard somebody get up and walk into the bathroom. Now the way our apartment was like kind of laid out, the bathroom was like um, in a central hallway between the two bedrooms. And then her back would have been toward the hallway where she was sitting. So, um, so she looked and she saw, like she thought she saw me get up and go to the bathroom. So she got up and looks and I'm sleeping. And then she's like, weird, you know? So she goes and sits down and does her project. And then she said she starts to feel like something's on the back of her neck, like all the hairs on the back of her neck start to stand up. And she's like, it was just really weird. And she and I had never talked about this, which is what is weird. And we could pinpoint it to that day because of the project we were doing. So I was like, well, that's crazy. So I tell her and now we're all like kind of freaked out. So then everybody starts to like talk about what they're going through. So we had like people that would come and sleep over. They would say, two people said that when they slept over, they felt like they were like paralyzed and then spinning. Like they were floating and then they were spinning. So two different people who slept over at our house confirmed that they were feeling the same things. So, so kind of like, like sleep paralysis? That's, you know, I don't know enough about sleep paralysis to really say if that's what it was, but I would find it, see, I could be skeptical about one, 
but two different people having the same dream. It's a little bizarre in my opinion. So then like another one of our roommates just said, yeah, every time I'm like on the balcony, I feel like somebody's going to push me. And like, I feel like that too. You know, I I was like kind of feeling like that too. And we're like, okay, like something's going on here, but what do you do? You know, you're like, Hey, I live in this apartment and cool. It might be haunted. Like, you know, so you just kind of try and, shake it off, laugh it off, whatever. Well, and Jamie, so, let me ask you um, before we keep going. So I've heard a lot of like, I felt, I felt like this, I felt like this. And I kind of have an idea of what you mean. I've been in situations where I felt like somebody was behind me or, you know, but for people who haven't ever experienced that sensation, how would you describe that? Like, what does that feel like to you? Well, it felt like somebody was watching me. Um, and, and it was so strong in this case that, I could have sworn that, like, I, you know, that feeling when somebody's physically standing behind you, it it was that strong. It was, I would have sworn on my life that somebody was behind me. And when I turned around, I was like surprised to find that nobody was there. You would get that same feeling on the balcony as well? The balcony was like almost more aggressive, like an aggressive feeling, Hmm. like somebody didn't want you out there. Like maybe it was, I don't know their spot or maybe that was previously something else i don't know i'm just speculating at this point i'm not like a ghost hunter or anything but you know i would just say it was like particularly strong and i've never felt anything quite like that um since that brings us kind of like you know the same kind of things were happening you never just felt like you were alone when you were alone in the apartment and you know at that point we were our stories were kind of corroborated with each other of course my roommates go away for Christmas break and who's the last one in the apartment? Me. Oh, I skipped a part actually. One thing that happened before Christmas was uh, I used to like sit in the kitchen table and that faced the hallway. I would like see this black shadow like out of the corner of my eye. And I always just dismissed it. I'm like, oh, my peripheral vision, uh, my glasses, I've been wearing, you know, whatever. So one day I was talking with a friend and she was sitting at the table and I get distracted kind of easily. I'm like, hey, something shiny. So I was talking to her and I stopped talking for a second. And then I looked at her and just continued to say what we were talking about. And she just said, I saw it. And I was like, what? Like, what did you see? She's like, the black thing in the hallway. I saw it. And I was like, oh my God, okay. Cause I didn't tell her again. This is why from being a skeptic to being like, you know, a believer, having not told her, not communicated, just like being the person I am, like a squirrel, you know, looking around like anything else. She's like, I saw that black thing in the hallway. Cool. Like it was the middle of the day. There's no reason. There's nobody there. There's nothing to cause that shadow, you know, and it just sort of like darted quickly around the corner. So um, that really like started to cement more of my beliefs and um, it connects me to the, you know, winter break. That was the same friend, her name was Christine, that um, came over. Uh, I was like, you, you can't let me sleep here by myself. <laughs> I need somebody to sleep over. I'm too freaked out. Like you have to come over. Um, so she did and uh, she was in the living room I was like brushing my teeth because we were going to go somewhere, brushing my hair or something. We're the only people in the apartment and um, she was talking to me. And then all of a sudden I heard distinctly and blatantly and creepily and it's stuck with me ever since, Jamie, 
right in my ear, like directly in my ear to the point where I was like, oh, did you like say something? And she's like, what? No. And she clearly didn't say it. It wasn't like she was far away. There's no way that her, I can't explain it. I just can't. It's unexplainable to me. Um, but let alone to say like, I was very freaked out at that point. I was thankful that winter break was, I think my dad was picking me up like the next morning, you know? So we, um, we did what we thought we should do. <laughs> like, well, let's go to the RA, you know, <laughs> like tell them. Cause this was an apartment building that like, they only had certain apartments for our college. So the rest were just like normal families and stuff like that. So we went to RA, he thought we were, I was crazy. I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, you know, just kind of dismissed it. And we were like, okay, well, what do we do? This is where I live, you know? Like, so we slept over and just kind of tried to make the best of it. And then my dad picked me up for winter break. Um, over winter break, I did contact people. Like it wasn't as popular as it is now, like to get people to come and, you know, investigate. Yeah. Like ghost but, hunters um, came over? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I started up my AOL and, <laughs> you know, Googled their GeoCities page um, and, you know, just, just looking for people and explain the situation. And like a couple different groups were like really interested in it. So I was like, well, this will be cool. I'd really love to find out what's going on. So I get back to school and I tell my roommates and they're acting like I'm crazy. They're like, oh you're no we're not having ghost hunters come in here i'm like you guys had said like you're having experiences like what other chance do we have to do this and so you know there's there's four of us i have to respect their decision and sadly i never got to find out but um i was like okay well what do i do i went to church i found a church and uh got some holy water i felt like i was stealing it by the way i was like i don't how does this work like do i talk to the priest like Hey, I potentially have a ghost, you know, like, so I just was like smuggled in my uh, bottle and got some holy water. And then uh, I just did what like, you know, some people say to do it, which is just like, tell them like, you're not welcome here. Like, this is my apartment. You're freaking me out. You need to go. And then I sprinkled some holy water. And then either I just buried it deep where I was like ignoring it, or I just, it went away. I didn't have any experiences after that in that apartment, but. Yeah. Ghosts are kind of like perverts. Like you tell them to go away and throw some <laughs> cold water on them and they typically don't bother you yeah. anymore. Well, but, and you think about it, you're like, wow, what does this ghost see? Ugh. You know, like, no way. I don't know. It, I could get into a whole bunch of different levels. I've always wondered like, what a ghost see? Yeah. I, I think about there? that, about like my dead relatives too. I'm like, can they see me? Like, <laughs> they see everything i don't know but that's that's a whole another another story but uh so that that experience really like freaked me out the fact that it was just independently corroborated now i have like a scientific i would say i have a scientific component to my brain as well as like the creative part and that's the part that i would i always have to like facts i hit you up with the facts if somebody says something i'm like let me research that no you know and um i can't figure out why this went the way it did. Yeah. Did did the voice of the ghost sound like it had a gender? I would almost say it was male, um, but it was a whisper, and it was such a loud whisper. It just was, and it was it was like it almost took voice and speech class or something. It was like perfect. It was like <laughs> I can still feel it. Like, ugh. and but you've never experienced anything like that since then. Prior to that, no. Since then, 
Yes, a little bit. Um, I lived in a house that was kind of weird. Uh, it was a little older. This was pretty mundane, but it had, I lived in the attic and it had like this, it was a shore house. I lived on the Jersey shore. Like they had the like that, like thin carpet. That's kind of like, you know, very noisy, if that makes sense. And we had a door to my bedroom and it sort of dragged on the carpet. And so there were several times that I was like alone. I had the whole top floor myself. They had like barn doors. So I would hear those open if somebody came up, but I would hear like the door dragging on the carpet. When I would look like nobody would be there. But there was one time I did thought I saw somebody standing at the end of my bed and it wasn't a person, but I will say like, I also have to wear glasses. So I didn't have my glasses on, but like it, just, it looked like somebody was there. Like I had to find my glasses after that to just disprove that there was there. So I was kind of like, I don't really know what that was all yeah. about. And then we swear that there's a ghost at my theater. <laughs> His name is George. Okay. Him. Yeah. So Sarah and I both perform in theaters as well. Like Sarah, what do you think it is about these theaters that all have ghosts in them? I think ghosts just want attention. So theater is a great place for that. Yeah, they're egocentric for sure. I mean, that's why we all do theater, right? <laughs> yes. Don't look at me. I'm a techie, okay? <laughs> She's like, I'm not like you broken people on your podcast and in your theater. <laughs> yeah, no, it, they called the ghost George and they talked about him before I moved there, but I've had a couple of experiences um, almost similar where I felt like somebody... I almost felt like somebody was like telling me to get out kind of like negative energy uh, in the place where we keep our costumes. It's like upstairs and it's like dark. And then when we reorganized, it feels happier. So I'm like, Oh, maybe George just doesn't like clutter. Um, was, was George like an actual person or is that just uh, an occurrence that they named George? I think it's just something that they do. We also had a bat in the theater one time, like it flew in during the day and they named it Gregory. I was going to say also. Yeah. Did he ever get out or is he still there? It was, it was actually a hilarious story. Um, we all, all the people backstage work during the day. And uh, I heard in the costume shop, there's a bat in here. And then and you hear like a minute later, it's like, bat's gone. And then like a couple minutes later, they're like, the bat's back. And so we think it flew in through the orchestra pit. And like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to find its corpse somewhere in the like oh storage. <laughs> okay. I'm speaking you got out, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've never had a run in with a bat. I've seen bats before outside. <laughs> I know they exist. I know they're real, but I was oh. talking to my uh, mom not too long ago and she just randomly tells me, oh, we had a bat in the house the other day. And I was like, excuse me? You had a bat in the house? She's like, yeah, there's this little part next to the door that we can't get covered up. And sometimes birds and bats come in. And I was like, do you live in a barn? How, what do you mean? And she was like, well, it was, a, it was a tiny bat. And I was like, okay, what did you do? She was like, well, we chased it around with a broom, but then we lost it. And I was like, um... I'm sorry, but you can't just live in a house with a bat in it. She was like, no, 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 it's dead. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, I found it yesterday by the coffee pot. And I was just like, I give up. I don't the understand. coffee pot? Yeah. She was like, it was just dead next to the coffee pot. And I was like, that bat was It was sick. like, I can keep going. I need caffeine. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I was like a kid of the 90s, you know, manhunt and everything. And uh, one time, like, we had a lot of bats flying around at night. And one landed on my head for a second. It just traumatized me. I'm like not vampire or anything. Like it didn't bite me. 
Okay, one that reminds me of the office, and two, I kind of oh, yeah. think bats are cute. Like they look like little puppies with wings. I don't know. So is that the just person me? who's never had a run-in with one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fair. That's why it was named Gregory by the person who thought the bats were cute, and I'm oh. like, no, Gregory needs to stay the hell away from me because I'm not into it. Aside from that story, there was one other time that kind of really creeped me out. Like we all we all have keys to the building, and I had to go in early one day, and I was like the only person in this building, which is not ideal. Because you walk in the stage door and you think that the light switch was right there, but no, it's like across the room. So you have to go across the stage and sometimes the ghost lights like, you know, in the right spot, but it's really dark. And um, there's like the stairwell off of the stage and it has a blue light, which automatically makes everything look eerie because, you know, you don't want to project the light on stage. So that was on and I was the only person in there. And I swear I heard people like whispering down there. They're like, it almost sounded like a radio broadcast. And I was like, oh my God. And I texted everybody on the like message board. I was like, is anybody here? You know, and um, nobody was there. I was the only person in the building. Can't explain that. I can say that the sound person also um, told me a couple times she saw a ghost, she said, walk across the stage a couple times, you know, because we're always there in the off hours, you know, when people aren't hanging out there. So, I mean, I don't know enough about that to get into that part. I'm fairly new to Spokane, but in my short time there, George has totally freaked me out. And my boss has actually mentioned too that there's a studio theater underneath the main stage and she's like, oh, the woman that sits in the um, lobby there. <laughs> oh, cool. That's not freaky at all. So, wow. so yeah. The theater's always, definitely haunted then. I mean, it's- Yeah, like there's... I feel there's something amiss. Um, again, I can't prove or disprove, but uh, I would say like, I'm probably, we're all kind of empathic. So that mm -hmm. might have something to do with, the way we pick up on energies. Yeah, for sure. Different. I'm similar in that way. Like, it's interesting, uh, co-host uh, JJ and Kat, JJ is very skeptical, very scientific, and he's never experienced like, uh, oh, there's somebody behind me feeling, oh, somebody's watching me feeling. Like he's never had any of those sensations. And so mm -hmm. it, it, it makes him very curious, also yeah. kind of drives him crazy how we all talk about that all the time. Yeah. And he's just always like, I don't get it. I don't, he's like, he almost he stand right behind him yeah. and tell him to close his eyes and be like, that's it, dude. There it yeah. is. It's like. interesting. Um, because I could understand it is a hard thing to explain. Somebody on our podcast explained it as like, um, almost like the staticky feeling you get off like a TV or, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a spidey sense sensation, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the best way I think I've heard it explained. Yeah, there were times like, you know, I could get like little goosebumps kind of feelings, you know, where just for, for a minute, you're like, oh, something's different. You know, I didn't feel like a cold breeze or any of that kind of stuff that some people associate with that. I didn't smell sulfur. So I'm assuming it's not a demon. Hopefully. I don't know. Again, I'm not a professional. I've just watched a lot of ghost programs now since um, I think yeah. I discovered that on demand during the pandemic it was pretty serious well opinion. it's it's interesting you said you went to the church to get the holy water a lot of the people we've had on our podcast like grew up in the catholic church for whatever reason <laughs> and i don't know if that made them more susceptible to believing in ghosts and that made you know this these experiences more likely to come to them or what have you but a handful of them they actually got priests to come in and bless their homes you know and and they 
for the most part, it sounds like they have positive results. But the number one thing I've heard is what you did, which is they told the ghost, you're not welcome, get out. And that seems almost universally to have worked to rid people of these negative experiences. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because it was brought up in New Jersey and we're already kind of aggressive and mouthy, like, but that was like my natural instinct, just like, yo, you need to get out of here, you know? <laughs> I just, I also, I want to go back to the holy water too, because I grew up Catholic and the idea of you like coming in like Mission Impossible style and spilling <laughs> some holy water out of the like, because I'm guessing, did you get it out of the little bowl that kind of sits in the lobby? Yeah, like I walk like right in there and I'm like looking around, you know, like is anybody watching? Like, am I allowed to do this? I don't care. I have a ghost. Like this is imperative. Yeah. I just love, and I love like thinking that the ghosts were just like, this woman's hard. She stole holy water. <laughs> Yeah, don't mess with her. In, in, in hindsight, if I like, if I encounter that again, I'm gonna use like water guns and just with filled with yeah. water is my jam. I better locate the nearest Catholic church in this town. <laughs> sort of spiritual, but not. You know, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, one of my friends, she's Catholic. Her and her husband are Catholic, and every time they've moved into a new home, her mother is like a devout Catholic. Catholic, devout, devout, devout. How do you say that? Devout. Devout, uh, Catholic, and she makes them get the home blessed by a priest. Just, it's fascinating to me. I don't, I don't think I could do that. I don't know. Like maybe if I actually had the ghost there, I could go through with that. But I would feel so weird asking another adult to come over to my house and like throw water around and 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 bless the home. I don't know. I don't. Know. Maybe that's just me. I lived in New Orleans for a little bit and uh, like sage is kind of a big thing there mm -hmm. to you know, cleanse your home. So I'm, I'm sort of more inclined to be like, yeah, well, that makes sense. Have you ever done anything like mess with Ouija boards or gone to mediums to try to get a, see what's going on with all of this? Well, not with this specific incident. You know, I think everybody kind of is like, oh, a Ouija board. And you're like, oh, this has to contact the dead I got from Toys R Us, you know, like right. that was the thing. So when we were teenagers, you know, we were always asking the Ouija board, just stupid things like, who has a crush on me? Ghosts. And, you know, I don't think we really used it right. But it freaked me out enough to like that. I was like, you know, you can just have this Ouija board. Like, I don't want this in my house. And I like left it with a friend and as far as I know, I mean, she's still alive, so that's good. But, like, I don't think she's had any, like, issues or anything with it. But I, I don't know. Something about it freaked me out, like, where I was just kind of like, mm, I'm not going to mess with this. I did go to um, – there's a store in New Orleans uh, where women who identify as witches do tarot card readings and, and things like that, and I find those to be interesting. There's been some things that have – lined up in the way that they said, specifically this one woman was very on point and she was recommended by a couple other people who've had very good experiences with her. So I don't really discount any sort of spiritual or paranormal type thing, I think. I mean, it's a big world, it's a big universe. Uh, the Zodiac Bitches episode, which are some uh, friends of ours in Atlanta that are also comedians, but they're big into tarot cards and they did a tarot reading for us live uh, when we recorded it and I hate to say like it was super accurate like freaky accurate the way it came out same with like when we've had uh for the most part like the psychics and mediums we've had on now obviously it's not like everything they say hits but some of the stuff they've said like one of them brought up that my uncle was like a boxer in the navy and it's like how would anybody know that like, yeah. I barely know that. 
you know, like, I, I don't know, you know, so maybe there is something to that side of spirituality or, you know, the supernatural. I don't really know. I know I get premonitions and weird dreams and stuff, but it's not enough to, for me to necessarily think that there's like X-Men out there. I want to believe it because that's really cool, but it's also a little scary. Sarah, have you ever had a tarot reading or Ouija board experience? Like a while ago, a friend sort of did a tarot card reading, but she had no idea what she was doing. And all I remember is her getting mad that I touched the card. I didn't know the rules and she just like brought a deck. She's like not trained in it at all. She just like had a deck and brought it and I touched her cards and she told me I was cursed. Oh God. Well, that explains a lot actually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said something about premonitions. It, uh, one time I had a dream that my friend was pregnant and I asked her, I called her the next day. I was like, are you pregnant? And she, she said no. And then later on she confessed she was pregnant. She just was waiting that four month window before you can yeah. like tell everyone. I was like, Oh God. Oh huh. my God. How did that make you feel knowing that you, something told you that? I didn't feel like scared of that or anything like that. I have like feelings sometimes where they come true. I just, I, I think it's logic though. I think it's like, I'm just, too analytical and maybe a little OCD in my brain, but that was weird that it was a dream, you know? And there's things where like, it'll come up, I'll be like humming a song and then like it's a rare song or something like that. And I'll see it on something later that day. And I'm like, okay, that was, that's odd. What are the chances that Brandy or a fine girl is on right now, you know? Oh yeah, that is weird. I, um, the other day I was like, you know, I haven't talked to this person in a while and literally three minutes. Mm -hmm. It came up on my phone after that. But you know, what people say with that, they were like, well, do you always think that? And it just happened that time. And it's not like necessarily something important. So you don't remember it. I don't know. But I love that. Like that in the yeah. radio thing too. It's like, man, I'd let you know this song and then boom there, you know, that kind of stuff is super cool. We had an episode with premonitions and stuff. It still kind of like bothers me a little bit. It was this lady who was an au pair from Russia and I wanted to say maybe she teaches music or piano or something now. I can't remember exactly. It was an early episode of ours. But she predicted when people would die. Oh, and yeah. death is a little bit of an issue for me. So that kind of freaked me out. But she told the story of like seeing her music professor or one of her professors. And she walked by him in the hallway and she was like, eh, he's going to die tomorrow. And sure enough, he died of like a heart condition. And she said she predicted that Prince would die and he died the next day. And she had this list of all these. Now, obviously, there's no way for us to prove or disprove she had these experiences. But she wasn't like publicizing that she could do this. It was just somebody, somebody knew somebody who knew somebody and recommended her to come tell her stories, you know, so I don't really know why she would lie about it. But I asked her, I was like, so when your professor, when you got that feeling, it had happened to her before. So she believed it was like a real power i was like did you tell him like it, since you really believed it she's like no you know i didn't want to like bother him i was like he is gonna die <laughs> what do you mean bother him <laughs> it sounds like a curse like maybe she touched somebody's tarot deck and like, <laughs> that's you know? a horrible responsibility sarah that's a callback what she did that's yeah <laughs> which speaking of Noah, I need to tell you something after what? the podcast. Oh, great. You see dead people? <laughs> <laughs> I know when you're going to die. Oh, great, great. Well, hopefully it's uh, on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Jamie, that's, that's quite the experiences you've had. I don't know if we've had anybody that I can remember that has had a spirit or ghost or something like whisper in their ear, almost like in a taunting fashion like that. And, yeah. and so like if you go into your mind's eye, you said that you can still hear that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just Man. clear, like a bell. Cause it, it, it was just, it was so creepy. You know, it was almost just like, I'm here, you know, like, do you think it was connected to the like asylum or anything? Or did you like ever get a feeling of who this ghost was? No, I don't, I wouldn't say there was any sort of particular feeling like the, the negative feelings on the balcony are obviously a little off putting. And I know that it was like a, I, I don't want to say it was a shadow figure, but from what people describe as being a shadow figure, I think maybe that was potentially what I was seeing. And I know some people believe that they're, um, you know, more mischievous and, in nature, uh, sometimes evil. I would tend to think this one was probably mischievous. The fact that it just was like, all right, yeah, peace, I'm gonna go. When I said, get out of here, you know, it doesn't lead me to believe that it's like menacing, yeah. you know. That would bother me, I think, if I could <laughs> still hear that voice. Um, it doesn't not bother me. <laughs> it's not like I think about it like all the time. I just, I think it's, to me, again, being like very factual, um, like if I see a post on Facebook, I'm like, no, you're wrong. And here, and I like prove like with a bibliography of where I found everything, you know what I mean? And just having those different experiences happen at the same time without communicating really sold it home for me. And I was like, all right, well, yeah. Yeah. We, one of our favorite things on the podcast is when people have experiences and then they're corroborated by other people they were around at that time. Um, and once again, it seems like that's happened. But now none of your other people, though, they didn't hear it, right? Were you the only one who heard the ghost? No, my friend Christine didn't hear it. And, you know, honestly, she would even love to be a part of this, but she passed away last year. So mm, but it that. was uh, she she would have definitely jumped on this and told you all about it, too. She was I was uh, going to ask you after the podcast if she could could come on but i'm glad you uh, saved me that i wish she could i wish yeah. she could maybe yeah, she'll absolutely. come to my dreams or something yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah. tell you secrets. yeah well that's quite the experience do you have any parting words for our audience who maybe have experienced similar things that you have i mean i guess just like go into life with an open mind you know it's the same way i feel about things like you know people are like oh well aliens don't exist well, don't they? I mean, it's a big universe. Like, it would be kind of idiotic to think we're the only thing going on. So I definitely believe that if you just keep an open mind and if you're interested in it, maybe it'll find you. I know I don't mess with things like EVPs and things like that because I know I'd, like, freak myself out. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm too in tune to that. But I fully wholeheartedly believe that if you keep an open mind about things, you know, you never know. It could change your whole perspective. You hear that, JJ? You keep an open mind about those ghosts. You stay thirsty, and one day they will visit you. Sarah, did you have any more questions for Jamie before we get her out of here? No, I enjoyed your story. And I'm telling you, like, the idea of you going in and sneaking out that uh, holy water is, like, the favorite thing, my favorite thing. I just love that so much. Yeah, that's gold. It happened just as you thought I did, too. Yeah. Yep, that's awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. And hopefully no more shadow figures bother you and only the people you want to will whisper your name in your ear moving forward. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, Sarah, have you ever had something whisper your name into your ear? 
some things, but not what we're going to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think if a ghost did that to me, I wouldn't want anybody to ever whisper my name in my ear ever again. But like the excitement of it, maybe the reminder of like, oh, this is risky. Like ghost foreplay. <laughs> ghost foreplay, yeah. Well, JJ is always talking about how he wants to meet somebody who's had sex with a ghost, which leads me to believe this might be the closest thing we're going to find. It's not sex, but it's pretty fucking creepy to have a ghost whisper in your ear. Yeah. I mean, but as she said, you know, if you're open to it, just see where it takes you. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. Like. I feel like hearing a voice because it would lead me and I'm just speaking for myself, but it, it would lead me to have a lot of questions about my, my own sanity. You know, if like I'm hearing voices or whatever, because there's such a stereotype about that. Yeah. They're like hearing something is a lot different than seeing something. Cause you can write off seeing something. It's easy for me to be like, Oh, well that thing was just a shadow or, or even like that was just something that your mind told your eyes to see because you were thinking about it. But hearing yeah. something feels more concrete. Yeah. Especially if it's a word and not just like, ah. Yeah. And I mean, that whatever, if all that happened, I mean, whatever entity she was dealing with, it seemed to be a little more aggressive than the normal supernatural experience we hear about. Yeah. The feeling like she, she was going to get pushed, her friend feeling like she was going to get pushed off the balcony was interesting. Yeah. You know, those people, the other people who live there seem to corroborate her story without knowing her story was very interesting, too. Yeah. I also have to say that one of my favorite things is the way you say corroborate. How do you say it? Corroborate? I say corroborate. <laughs> I'm leaving an R out, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. 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 Corroborate? Well, or am I adding an R? I think you're leaving out an R. Odds are I'm leaving one out and you're probably saying odds are okay. <laughs> why is that odds funny are. you like odds are oh, but you're man. leaving out an r okay whatever i hope it goes whispers in your ear <laughs> me too <laughs> that's not the response i was expecting i'm ready <laughs> an open mind <laughs> and on that note i'm noah daniels i'm sarah stevens Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.